Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Yesterday we saw how Paul and Barnabas had uh, moved from Iconium to Lystra and Derby. The man who'd been crippled from birth, he'd never walked, was healed, and that the crowd were ecstatic and proclaimed that Barnabas and Paul must be gods. And this, you were describing yesterday, gave Paul the most extraordinary opportunity. Now, we're going to see something about the fickleness of men. Uh, We read in verse 18, Despite what they said, the two apostles had the utmost difficulty in preventing the crowd from offering sacrifices to them. But when some Jews from Antioch and Iconium arrived, they turned the crowd against them. They stoned Paul and dumped his body outside the city, thinking he was dead. Now, what is all this about? Well, one moment the crowd in Jerusalem was proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah, putting their palm leaves before the donkey on which he was riding riding into the city, They were shouting great and glorious things about him. Probably many of those same people, a few days later, were crying out for him to be crucified. Uh, Here, one moment, the, the people here in Lystra, they wanted to crown Barnabas and Paul as gods because they'd seen the great miracle that they'd performed in the name of Jesus. The next, the crowd is stirred up against them and they stone Paul and leave him for dead. Could such things happen today? Oh my goodness me, yes. This is is almost like the story of my life where God uses you to do great things and all the glory for, for that belongs to the Lord. You see wonderful moves of the Spirit. You teach people, you build them up and and encourage them and they begin to relate to God in entirely new ways. And then there comes a point at which God challenges them about something in their life and perhaps uses you to do that and they just turn against you, they judge you, they criticize you. Uh, It's as if now they have raised themselves above you, they know better than you and um, they can leave a church in offense, they can oppose you, they can lie about you, they can do all kinds of negative things. And you say, how can this be? Well, it happened to Jesus, it happened to these apostles, it happens sadly today. And it isn't just me, I mean, that could be replicated in the experience of many, many, many spiritual leaders. They would all tell you the same thing, that, that this is, almost one of the most difficult things, burdens to carry in ministry, that those who God blessed through you can then turn against you. And obviously this isn't right, obviously it's sin, and it's just something that in the proclaiming of the gospel and uh, in the making of disciples you have to accept. Of course it's only a very small minority of people that do this, but usually when they do it, they make a lot of noise and fuss about it, and uh, that, that can cause a great disturbance to other people in their lives. And this is one of the things that in the epistles, the the apostles were warning against because uh, it, it's bad enough 
when someone turns against a leader like that, it's even worse for them because of the way in which they influence others during the process. So Paul, one moment, they want to crown him as a god. The next moment, he's stoned and left for dead. But of course, God is greater than any of the opposition that can come against us. And we read in verse 30, but when the, uh, sorry, verse 20, but when the believers gathered around him in prayer, he stood up and then went back into the city. Both Paul and Barnabas left for Derby on the following day. Paul always made a point of moving on if he was thrown out of a city, didn't he? That's right. And uh, that's what the Lord had told them to do. Wipe the dust off your feet and move on. And uh, this is what was the common practice among the, the apostolic preachers, that you stayed at a place until it became too dangerous to stay there because, you know, nothing was going to be gained just by martyring yourself. It's a different thing if God causes you to be martyred. So they wanted to be abundantly fruitful. They were as fruitful in one place as they could be when they realized, well, we can no longer be fruitful because of the opposition against us. But they had left a church. They'd planted a church of believers there. Uh, And uh, then they moved on to another city. And, of course, this is the pioneering work of, of the apostles. So we read in verse 21, there there a large number of people, this is in Derby, there a large number became disciples in response to their preaching. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, where they strengthened the believers, encouraging them to remain true to the faith. So you see, although they left when things got hot and moved on to the next place to preach the gospel, they weren't afraid to go back because they'd planted a church there and they needed to encourage the believers, they needed to teach them, they needed to build them up in their faith. And and then uh, we've got these words that Paul and Barnabas spoke. We must persevere through many trials and hardships to inherit God's kingdom, they told them. Now, he is not talking only about the perils, the trials, the hardships that they as apostles or as preachers were having to experience, they're actually talking about a spiritual principle that applies to all those who inherit God's kingdom. We have to persevere through trials, through opposition, through the way in which people uh, will try to undermine us and possibly even lie about us and and spread false rumors. All kinds of ungodly things happen when people turn against their leaders or when you proclaim the gospel to those who refuse to believe and, um, and so want to oppose. You see, there's this strange um, kind of psychological thing that, that uh, exists in people's thinking that if they can criticize the messenger, then they don't have to believe the message. And you see, I've found that that is what turns people against their leaders. It's when, it's when their leader confronts somebody with something in their lives 
that needs to be sorted and they don't want to face the reality of that, uh, that then they try to criticize the messenger so they don't have to take notice of the message. Of course, it's ungodly and God perceives very, very clearly what is going on, but nevertheless it happens. And if you're a preacher, and especially if you're in leadership, or even if you're simply a believer who is part of the body of Christ, then you are going to have to persevere through all kinds of opposition like this. The reward is to inherit the fullness of God's kingdom to rule and reign with Christ forevermore. So, you know, it, it doesn't really matter, does it, what we have to experience here on earth when the eternal reward is going to be so great. Now, we then read in verse uh, 23 that Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for each church. Now, there is a, there is a myth that is, is becoming very, very popular in, in certain books that are being published at this time that there is no, in, in the scripture, there is no authoritative leadership that every believer is responsible for the direction of the church. This is complete nonsense. It is just not true scripturally. It's based upon a whole false premise, false misrepresentation of the scriptures. And this, this verse uh, is, is just one of many, many, many verses that you could cite against that thinking. Uh, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders. They appointed leaders who would be responsible for the church, who would be responsible for the believers, who would actually be responsible for the direction that the church was going to take under their apostolic covering. And, uh, of course, Paul, when he's uh, mentoring uh, Timothy and Titus, even though they were only young men, they represented Paul's apostolic authority. They were like apostolic assistants. And so he tells them to appoint elders and, and goes into some detail as to the qualifications uh, that elders should have and to appoint deacons. And then there's some detail there as to uh, what should be going on in the life of a deacon and indeed of elders and deacons' wives as well. And uh, so you see there was ve a very definite sense of raising up people in leadership uh, and appointing them with authority to be responsible for the direction of the church. And uh, again, if you, if you go to the last chapter of the epistle to the Hebrews, there you see that people are being encouraged to really uh, honor and pray for and bless those who are in spiritual leadership over them because if they make life difficult for them, then the whole body is going to suffer as a result. Whereas if, if only they have the right attitude, then things are going to go well. And, uh, you know, one of the things that was said uh, by the people of Israel to Joshua before they went over to take possession of the promised land is whatever you tell us to do, we will do. And that is the right kind of attitude that people should have to their spiritual leadership. You've been listening to Faith for Today presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 